What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good morning. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and the host of the What to Know podcast. I have the pleasure of speaking to the CEO of Lionbridge, John Fennelly. Good morning, John. Good morning. So this is fun because, uh, John, we've had the opportunity to, to talk a bunch before this. Uh, I always like it when I know the guest a little bit beforehand and then can drill down on some of these questions. One of the things that's fascinating, and I have a little bit of an insight as to why these things probably stitch together than um, when you see them at first blush, but you have an interesting background. Uh, you spent several years in leadership roles at Thomson Reuters. Uh, then you took over as president and CEO of Hire Right and now you're the CEO of Lionbridge. Tell us how you sort of made it down that path and connect some of the dots for people, because I think there's a technology, people, innovation story there that people you know, probably could see if they thought about it, but uh, help us stitch those together a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit of an unusual path from financial services to a um, HR technology company that did background screening to the world's largest localization and translation company. Uh, and there's actually probably more commonalities um, when you get underneath the hoods of the businesses than you would think. But, you know, businesses have probably a lot more commonalities and differences and customers and technology and delivering services and the things that you do around making sure you understand customers' needs. So um, although different at base value, the commonalities are probably 80 to 90 percent of, of all of them. But I think from, a, from an individual perspective, I probably took a bit of a risk later in life, and I had the opportunity to leave Thompson Reuters, which was a great company and, and great for me. And I had I'd worked there for many years, and I ran a close to billion dollar division. And then um, I, I was approached by some folks about taking over Higher Right, which is a company that I didn't know a lot about, and then and then went in, and we were able um, in a very short period of time to actually transform um, that business and the space. Uh, and, and really by paying very close attention to customers and customers and actually changed the whole dynamic of the space away from risk and compliance around the user experience for hiring and onboarding um, and, and actually a pretty cool story that came out of that. Um, and then we turned that company around and ownership changed and then I was looking for something else to do. And I was approached by a private equity firm that had just taken um, Lionbridge private. After a lot of discussion, and you know, we decided it was fit for both of us. And then I took over as the CEO of Lionbridge about 15 months ago um, in a very different business. We've got about 6,000 people in the company. We operate in 37 countries, 50 cities. 70% of our employees are outside the, the United States. An amazing collection of folks, which has just been one of the best parts of my job is I've, got, I've had the opportunity to interact with so many of them in so many different countries and so many amazing backgrounds. Lots of differences, but at the same time, probably the commonalities of business outweigh the differences between financial services, background screening, in our case, um, localization and translation services. Well, it's a great story. And like I said, having gotten to know you a little bit, that they do stitch together better than, than one might think. You mentioned that you've been there for a year and a half. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what's been your greatest challenge and then arguably more importantly, what's been your biggest accomplishment? Uh, no, no shortage of challenges came in for a company that had one CEO since inception, inception 20 plus years ago. 
And it, yeah, I think, frankly, it just become overcomplicated. We've made a lot of acquisitions, and so trying to put together the strategy for the company to get what had admittedly become, um, from others in the company, a, a relatively siloed organization. So I think our biggest challenge was actually getting everybody to work together, uh, moving closer to our customers. I think we had become um, introspective and a bit inwardly focused. Uh, and as I, you know, have written in a number of blogs we've got internally and externally, you know, as, as we had become an inside-out company and thinking more about uh, change as it impacted us and our own procedures, our own policies, our own way that we did operations, put yourselves in the shoes of the customer. What would the customer think? Why are people asking for this? How do we build solutions that are customer-friendly and customer-centric? And so that's been the biggest, I think, challenge for us, is how do we take a company that has been inwardly focused and siloed and, and move it um, one big step to the right where the customer lives and understand more about our customers, understand how to create solutions that are, that, that are absolutely what our customers want. And so that's been, that's been a lot of what we've been after for the last 15, 16 months. And then, you know, it, moving people um, in that direction sounds easy, but, but cultural change is hard. And I think that's been the biggest challenge as we've gone, as we've gone forward. We've been able to accomplish a lot. We've made a lot of changes structurally. We've changed the strategy of the company. Uh, and, but these things don't happen overnight. No, they don't. And, uh, I think you've, you've done a tremendous amount. I know you have a, almost a brand new leadership team, and that certainly helps when you can bring in some of the right people as you're going through your evolution. Speaking of people, one of the things I want to drill down on um, is this idea of machine intelligence. You know, given the space that you're playing in, I know everybody wants to talk about AI and machine learning, and you know, you all refer to it as machine intelligence, which I really like. It's sort of that nice blend between the two. It's playing an increasingly important role in your business. Um, but also let's talk about the balance between the people and the technology, because I know when talking to you and Jamie Punishall, who leads marketing for Lionbridge, you know, you're confident that this really just enables people to do more and, and uh, focus on their highest value rather than replacing people. Uh, I know you spent a lot of time thinking about this and writing about this. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, we've been lucky enough uh, that we're a participant with a, a lot of the, the world's largest technology companies, and and we supply uh, what broadly we would call human intent. And so we, we've got a crowd that we bring to a lot of engagements that actually, if you think about it most simplistically, help train algorithms and machines to, to, to emulate human behavior. Uh, we can call it AI, machine intelligence, machine learning. Uh, and I think the terms sometimes are, 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 are loosely used, but in, in reality for us is um, we are uh, on a daily basis working with the, large, the world's largest technology companies to try and make their systems uh, smarter. And we, we, imply, we supply, as I simply put it, the human intent needed to make the machines think more like humans. Well, I like that answer, and uh, it's just interesting. Over the weekend, I was selling some things on um, Facebook's marketplace and just seeing some of the uh, sort of translation on demand services gave a little bit of an insight to all of the things that this is going to touch as we do truly become a global economy. I guess on that, just sort of looking forward, what changes do you see on the horizon in your space? 
Well, I think, I mean, there, there are so many. And I think the, cha- the one thing that we know will change is every, everything in our space. I mean, I think we're, we're, and I'll get to that in a minute, but I think just on the AI side and, and the machine intelligence, I, we think we're at the very, very beginning. And so, yes, um, you know, and there's a lot written recently, and I think there's a lot of worry on the tech companies, and I think some rightly so about as we move forward with, you know, this new era, new frontier of what technology could do and how machines think. But you think about some of the challenges that the world has. We have aging populations. We have uh, disease and dementia and things of elderly, the elderly parts of the population. And there's some amazing use cases where AI can actually come in and help. Uh, and I think it just improve the quality of life. And, you know, you think about accessibility and other things. So I think there's a whole frontier that doesn't get talked about enough on the positive aspects of what AI can do for us as society. And, uh, you know, and then, and then there's the other side of the coin that which I think everybody's wary of and careful of, but, um, and increasingly so. But I think it's a big, complicated space. There's lots of things. We're happy to play a, a part of that. Uh, as, w- as we move forward, you know, to your, to your recent question on change, we're in, you know, multiple businesses. We talked about machine intelligence in our, in our artificial intelligence business. Our core business for years is the localization and translation. What we mean by that is we have helped our customers grow in uh, markets that are outside of their home markets in, in other languages or in, in places that the cultures are different. And they need messaging that is in tune with the local markets. So the literal translation may be enough, but we can, we can help them localize, quote unquote, their brands, their messaging, their marketing to make sure it resonates with a local community. Uh, and so that's the space that we played in. Lionbridge has been the market leader in that space for, for 20 years or so. And it is still, in the year 2018, an incredibly manual space. Um, there is a tremendous amount of data manipulation that goes on as content comes in. The, the level and the amounts of content are exploding. Um, we use a lot of technology, but we still have a, a, a lot of human input in, into um, content and data as it moves around, and then we send it out to a freelance translation community around the world that that understands our customers, their brands, and we localize that content. We send it back to customers. Uh, so I think that there will be profound changes in our space with technology, um, automated translation, uh, machine translation, neural machine translation, as we call it, has gotten much better and continues to get better. That will play a bigger part in our industry and already is. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, automation, robotics, AI itself, machine learning will come into our space and actually change uh, the complexion of the localization translation spaces, so I think, in ways that many can't contemplate today. And I wouldn't be surprised, and there are thousands of, of companies in our space around the world, I wouldn't be surprised in the next five years if half of them are out of business. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it's just, it's, it's what we see in fast-moving markets. I guess one of the things I'd love to drill down on a little bit before we get into some more uh, personal questions is you mentioned the technology space and not a surprise given the fact that I think two of the largest companies in the world, you know, with over a trillion dollar uh, capitalization are in tech. But you guys also play in a couple of other spaces that I wasn't, um, I, I was a little surprised to find out when we first started talking, one of which was gaming, the other was yeah. uh, life sciences. And I think as a company that spends a lot of time in the life sciences, pharma space, as I got thinking about it, it made a lot of sense. But talk about your role, particularly in, in the life sciences space and, and what Lionbridge does there. 
Yeah, well, the commonalities with both are demographics. So what we think about uh, the, the world at large, you've got aging populations in lots of industrialized countries. And universally, what, elderly, what an elderly population needs is more access to health care, uh, more medicines, more medical devices. And so the big pharma companies, the life sciences companies, medical device companies are truly global. And so there's a very natural market for us there. We help localize the products. We help them uh, label compliance and regulatory is a big part of our offering there. And so we think long-term the demographics are super favorable for us in life sciences. We think we've got a great role to play in the industry. We can help big pharma companies and medical device companies go into markets throughout the world. We can help them penetrate those markets, increase share, at the end of the day, help people. Uh, on the flip side of that is gaming. And so gaming is estimated currently to have about a billion five people around the world that, that are gamers, quote unquote. Uh, so different end of the spectrum from a demographics, but again, growing market um, and a very natural uh, fit for us that we already localize and translate a lot of content. Video is very similar to us and increasingly a bigger part of our is speech, video, voice. And so we've got studios around the world and we do voiceovers for games, we localize games, we, we get feedback from communities on games, we test game devices, uh, and, show a, and show a market that's growing exponentially for us, uh, and we are very bullish on that as we move forward. So the big pieces of the puzzle for us from a strategy standpoint are life sciences, games, and the artificial intelligence space. Uh, and we're lucky enough, we play in um, multiple markets around the world, not only in tech, automotive, manufacturing, hospitality and leisure, financial services, you go down to every vertical, we play a role uh, with the biggest companies. 75 of the top 100 global companies in the world use LionBridge to help localize and translate their content. Well, it's, it's fascinating. And uh, just one final note on that. I did interview uh, one of the senior fellows from the Institute of the Future, and we were talking about how the impact of uh, education and what that's going to look like. And he was very bullish on the fact that gaming and education are going to come much closer together. So you probably, in a way that no one has even seen, will be helping on that front as well, which I think makes a lot of sense when you think about how much time those billion plus people spend with their gaming devices and how advanced, you know, the graphics and the AR and the VR are coming there. So uh, it will be interesting to keep an eye on that in the future. Um, this is where I like to shift gears a little bit and, and get to know a little bit about John Pennelly, the person. Uh, the first question I like to ask guests is if they're willing, uh, something that they would be uh, able to share about themselves that maybe people don't know. Oh, yeah, you know, pr probably nothing that exciting. <laughs> we have a, I have a small family of a wife, and, and my son is in graduate school in New York City, so a very close-knit family. Uh, I've been married for 30 years, and... Uh, uh, we just, I think the biggest thing is we got a new dog on Saturday. We had, uh, we got a new lab on Saturday who has wreaked absolute havoc on the family household the last, uh, <laughs> three or four days. Uh, but outside of that, you know, my wife and I love to travel. Um, been lots of places around the world. We've gotten to meet, uh, we've got, we've gotten to travel to many, many great places and meet. Um, we've been extremely lucky. We know lots of people and have met, um, a, a truly, truly a man of truly remarkable people around the world well that's awesome and thank you and congratulations on the dog we we took the uh, plunge about a year and a half ago and there was definitely some havoc wreaked but uh, i will tell you and you probably know this that the, the long-term benefit outweighs the short-term pain um, yeah well we this, this is our this is not to, not to belabor the point but this is our um yeah. we, this is our 
second lab. We have one at home. It's a little bit older, and we got an eight-month-old who is absolutely a puppy. And um, we had deluded ourselves in thinking for a few hours that an eight eight-month-old lab is not really a puppy. We've been uh, rudely re- reminded that it is. Yeah, it's sort of like having kids where, you know, that second or third time, you're like, oh, I've done this before. It's not that hard. You're like, no, it's actually pretty hard. So, um, second question I'd like to ask, and this is, you know, to help people either build out their libraries or their uh, podcast uh, library, and that is just finding out if there's a book or two that you've read or a podcast that you've been listening to uh, over the last year or so that you'd like to share with the listeners. Yeah, I read a lot. I never have enough time to read as many books. I always have, you know, I, I must have 10 books on my desk at all time that I'm trying to get to. The one that I just started to read, which I, I, I it's been great, is Sapiens. I know a lot of people read it. Somebody recommended it to me, and I started it and, um, about halfway through. Um, so uh, really cool account, kind of the history of mankind. For those of you who haven't read it, I, I recommend it. If those who have, get it. But it, it shows, to me at least, how small the world is and how we are all connected. Well, that's great. That's uh, that sounds like a great addition, and I love the. Some people go the politics route, some go history, some go business, and sometimes that macro thinking can really help us, especially given all the changes that are happening right now, as we were alluding to during our, our pre-call. Uh, last question. And, and here and here we are on election day. Yes. And here we are on election day. Yes, this will be an interesting. The podcast will come out after this, but this will be a day that hopefully something meaningful happens. We'll leave it at that. Last question. This is the one that sometimes, you know, I know I have such smart people on the show and they have a hard time with this one, but I like to ask anyway. Uh, imagine you're stranded on a deserted island. You can bring one album with you. Um, don't worry about how the technology works. We'll figure that out. Which album would it be and why? Uh, definitely a tough question. Uh, so I would say um, Jefferson Airplane. Ooh. and 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 lots of choices for me, and I'm thinking of the top four, five, but I'll I'll go with Blessed's Pointed Little Head. Wow. I didn't see that coming, and I love that choice. <laughs> uh, friends and I were talking the other day. I So I really liked Jefferson Airplane a lot, and I did not like it when they became Starship, and so we were going back and forth on the nuances of them. But uh, I would tell, not have picked you, you for Jefferson Airplane. About people, yeah, you can tell a lot about people when you get into that debate. Yes. Yes, you can. But um, that, that's a great choice. And uh, with that, we will end. So this is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O and the host of the Let's Know podcast. I had the pleasure of spending the last 20-ish minutes with John Pennelly, the CEO of Lionbridge. Thank you for taking the time, John. Aaron, thanks so much. A pleasure. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at w2ogroup.com slash what to know.